We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why... When it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your host, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Friday Five's edition of the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 552. We are recording after the Little League shortened doubleheaders. The Yankees <laughs> split with the, with the Toronto Blue Jays, or the Buffalo Blue Jays, formerly Dunedin Blue Jays. Uh, they they split the doubleheader, lost the series, and uh, Mendoza with perhaps the worst, the send, worst home. send of all time history. Not Gary only Sanchez. that, it's Gary Sanchez, yeah. bro. What chugging, are we doing? Chugging like a locomotive around the bases Gary, on a floor. Yeah, I mean, Gary Sanchez is sitting there like, really? Really? <laughs> Really, he even slowed down. Gary, you could see he was like slowing down. He's like, I, I never go first to home. I never do that. Like the most I do is first to third. Yeah, he's like the ball's got to be way. <laughs> it got to be around here somewhere. The, like, the, there's no the, possible way that I beat the ball here unless it disappeared. 
Gary must have been thinking like, oh, maybe all the outfielders fell down and that's why I'm getting the send home. So I'm going to go into my trot and man, was he out like he was like four steps past third base when the ball was in the catcher's mitt. So there sure is, there sure as hell in his mind wouldn't be a play at the plate, right? Like not going to be close. If he's sending me, there's a reason he's sending me from first base. Well, they so wouldn't that normally one, do that. They know who I am. That one obviously was ter- was a terrible send. Even even uh, it's just not worth it. Even when you're up and you're trying to tack on a run, two outs, this is not worth it because he had no chance. The judge got sent. I think it was the first inning of the second game on a um, on a geo hit, and I actually liked the send, even though that he was out. He was out. It was a bang bang play. Bang the bang. I saw it. Yeah, made a nice n- nice relay play. I liked that send because the Yankees have just struggled so mightily in scoring runs. They had an opportunity to score two runs on one hit. Like it's even, it's like in my mind, that was worth the risk, even though it didn't work out. Yeah. And that's fine. Many times that's what happens, right? It doesn't work out. It doesn't have to work out all the time for it to be the right thing to do. So um, I, I, I agree with that. I liked the send on that. Maybe he got a little cocky after that one, even though he was out, but it was close. He's like, he was close. So we could, we could do that again. Maybe this time I'll be right and I'll beat him by a second. Oh, well, it's Gary Sanchez. My bad. Yeah. And uh, he had to have a talking to Boone had a little talking to in the, in the, uh, in the dugout with, uh, with him because with Carlos Mendoza. Yeah. I mean, I forgot that Nevin was still out on the COVID COVID list. I, I tweeted out that was Nevin blind. And of course everyone's like, it's Carlos Mendoza. You dumbass. Like you a moron. Forgot. You forgot. moron. We do not know why Aroldis Chapman did not close out the game. Um, he has so. he's sick. He has the flu. I heard it. Uh, I heard Boone talking about him. Or he's not feeling well. Hoke tweeted out. When did when did Boone talk about that? It, After the I game? saw I, it was no, it wasn't Boone tweeting. It was not. It was Hoke who tweeted it out. Got Let it. Me get that okay. correct. Okay, that's because where I, saw it. I I have not been on Twitter since the game ended. So okay. That's fine. No, yeah, and, yeah. We're not, we're not, we're literally recording while they're doing their post game, uh, their post game interviews. So we are not listening to that. I saw a tweak. He said he's been sick the last two days, and this was from Aaron Boone. Before we get to the to the the five takeaways, what do you think of the fuck Altuve chance still going strong at Yankee Stadium? Let me tell you about that. Yankee Stadium is one thing, but they were happening at the Garden on ga- in Game One. Knicks versus Atlanta Hawks. They brought it out at the garden. There's a video of it. I saw it on Twitter. It made me happy. New York is alive. First of all, major FOMO. I am not a Knicks fan. I grew up a New Jersey Nets fan. I kind of fell off of basketball, uh, the NBA, and I did not start, did not follow them in the Brooklyn. They kind of did an FU to the, the New Jersey Nets that I didn't appreciate. And I just, I don't know. I just stopped following basketball. But I got to tell you, the I got some major FOMO when I am watching the garden just like look like it's about to explode with energy because those guys though that that building was uh was was live and yes there was a fuck Altuve Altuve chant at Madison Square Garden during game one of the Knicks first playoff game and I appreciate the, inter- the shit out of that. The interesting thing about that is like Nick the Knicks are the unique team in New York where Mets and Yankees and Jets and, and Giants fans come together and root for the same squad. So that was just everyone's on the same page. Like, yeah, we all hate the Astros, obviously. So fuck Altuve. Let's just let's just chant that in a, in a basketball yeah. game. It has no no application here, but why not? Because it's right. fun. And then the next night they 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 uh, they come out with the Trey is balding. Trey is balding. 
I was t- in tears. It's amazing. So it, I, it, that one ranks up there with Uber. <laughs> well, Uber, we got in trouble for the Uber chant. The Uber, the Uber one people Sh- didn't appreciate it. all over a guy's occupation everybody in trying the, to make a little extra cash. It was a, it was a good chant. It, it was not malice. <laughs> there was no malice intended. It was just giving a guy a hard time, and it was, it was beautiful. <laughs> uh, the... The Altuve chant is all well and good when you're leading late in the game, but I also heard it the other night when the Yankees were losing late in the game. I'm like, all right, that's guys. just frustration. Then see that one can be per- that one can be used in both ways. Actually, did you see the video of so the Dodgers were playing at the Astros this week, and there was that I forget what they called Pantone. Themselves. Yeah, they're 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 like a big group. Yeah, big group like BP crew. Like I've I've. Very proud of the, the the crowds we've been able to get in right field, but the the Pantone crew travels and they are they've been loud. doing it for a long time. And they specifically they were at Yankee travel. Stadium. You remember they got that giant? Yeah, they got LA the flag, flag. In there. Mm-hmm. They zipped that thing together. I found out later because I was asking uh, some of uh, uh, some of the ticket guys, you know, how they got that thing in there. And apparently that that the flag was brought in by multiple people and they zipped it together. Genius. And they had to get it right too. They had to piece it together because you know how that could go. You got, you got half an L over there. You got an A over there. It's like, it's all, I appreciate that because we, uh, because we, we smuggled in what 500 500 uh, rally towels. We were giving uh, them out to people. We were giving them out to people outside of the stadium. We're like, here, you want to take 15 in? Cool. Yeah. Just meet us in this section. Give us back 14. Yeah, and that's they did. The people went in, and they they every they were being passed around. It was beautiful. Okay, a bunch, so of, mule, let's, bunch of mules getting in towels. <laughs> let's get to the takeaways from this week. Bad week for the Yankees, not just in the wins and loss column, but for the injury front. And this one sucks. Corey Kluber, he leaves the game on Tuesday after uh, I think it was like 50, 58 pitches or thirty, whatever it was. It was early in the game. Um, shoulder pitches, yeah, fifty some pitches. He is shoulder. It was we, we just knew shoulder issue, and he was going to get an MRI. Show turns out sub scapular strain in his rotator cuff. Kluber said he didn't feel pain, and it was not the same thing that he experienced last year in Texas, which ended his season. But Boone said he'll miss at least eight weeks because it's going to be four weeks without throwing, and then he'll have to ramp back up again. This is to me strikes me as they're going to see how he heals over the next four plus weeks, but this could very easily end his season. If, if this rehab does not go well. Yeah, definitely. It could I and mean, maybe end his career. Sure. I mean, depending on how much, you know, this guy wants to battle back or, you know, I mean, he just threw a no hitter in his last start. So it's kind of a, a tough pill to swallow that your, that your career is over after that. You know, I, I would assume that he would want to, make another, uh, make another go at it. But, um, yeah, it's unfortunate. It really is because obviously we know he, he threw a no hitter. He was really throwing well his, his last few times out, like he, uh, turned a corner and really figured it out, found his groove. Um, so this is extremely unfortunate. And, you know, the good side is, I guess, is that he did not feel much, you know, was not the same as last year, which is positive, I guess. Um, and, and he described it as, you know, not being able to really loosen up. He was just very tight. And, uh, so, you know, the, it's a strain, which could heal fine and just ramps back up and it's just a matter of time and, and like no harm, no foul here, or, uh, you know, it could be something that, that lingers and, uh, and, and, you know, comes back and bites him again, but 
We'll so the elephant in the room is, did the no-hitter affect this? Because it, it's a very odd coincidence, right? You throw a no-hitter, and then the next time out, you get the Take the no-hitter out of it. What if it was a three-hitter and he threw 100 games? Would you be saying that? 100 pitches. No, no, no. So, of course, of course, it's the same thing. Uh, and it was 101 pitches, and if he threw threw that over seven and a third, no one's like, oh my God, he, he's, you know, That's the point. It means it's a coincidence. It is a it's not always It's not always number of pitches, it's stress of pitches. Like, we've heard that a lot. And the stress of him trying to pitch a no hitter is a lot more than him throwing a hundred pitches over seven innings in a in a five run ball game. It's just but why? It's the same. It's the same exact. It's literally the same exact effort. motion. So ah. I know I know you haven't listened to the Simon Brundish episode yet, and I keep going back to this. But I, my eyes were opened in that episode. Like he had so much good information in there. He's talking about like basically effort value that these that these players are exerting on every swing. On every pitch, on but, every play. But how do you distinguish effort value in a major league baseball game while you're out there competing when it's your job between one uh, because of one um, outcome or another outcome if you're still in the game? To me, that's not a different effort at all. It's still a major league pitch, a major league inning that you're throwing. Yes, there's a a, a no hitter at stake, but at the end of the day, like if you start doing different things, then you're probably you're probably not going to have the no hitter. You're because not extra stress, effort or extra stress on that. Because stress, like literally mental stress can affect this too. And there's more mental stress when you're trying to pitch a no-hitter than when you're just trying to pitch a five-run game. I, I listen, so. I'm He's I'm no robot, scientist. Though. I'm no scientist. I'm no doctor. If anything, oh. I'm a professor. I'm a, I'm a historian. So I can't speak for certain on it, but I'm just saying, eh, it's a little bit of a coinky dink. All right. Second, uh, second look back. This is another unfortunate strain here. We're talking some strains. We're getting the uh, MRI machine warmed up again in 2021, apparently. Uh, Luke Voigt again, oblique, the grade two oblique strain. And this is something where he felt, uh, started feeling the discomfort on Saturday. And, you know, obviously Luke Voigt uh, went down with that sports hernia. This is a grade two strain, which doesn't mean that it ruptured yet. Uh, grade three would be severe strain in which the muscle actually ruptures, which is a sports hernia is when the, the muscle ruptures similar, you know, the, the, the knee bone is connected to the thigh bone type thing. Only this is, uh, the oblique and the abdomen are relatively close in proximity. I would think that a lot of the same motion, swinging a bat, a lot of torque in the midsection. Apparently he's got a Y midsection. Didn't his wife have a baby this weekend? He didn't have a baby. His Voight? I said his wife. Didn't his wife have a baby this weekend? I thought LeMayhu had a baby. Oh, okay. That's what it was. And Voight's headed there soon. LeMayhu, okay, yes. What does that have to do with anything? He didn't have a baby. His wife had a baby. So why does his abdomen, why does his oblique get affected if there's a baby come, coming out of his wife? Listen, I... Are you uh, going to come back to stre- stress? Stress. I, I, it was a stressful I, swing because listen, of the baby. The 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 hospital bench I slept on for three nights is not very comfortable. I feel like that's not good for the obliques. I got to tell you, I slept in a hospital bed for many a many a night over the past few years, and I think they're actually relatively comfortable. Those no, pads I didn't get are a bed. Decent. I got a bench. No, they're yeah. It's a it's a pad on a windowsill is what it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like the right. If you're laying this way, the right side of you is freezing yeah. to death. The left side of you is burning up. Yeah. I think they're comfortable. I think they're comfortable. 
You gotta get. Oh, do you like a firm mattress? You I must do like, like a, a firm, firm mattress. mattress. I like a firm okay. mattress. Otherwise, my back is hurting in the morning. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I was thinking maybe if Voight, Voight uh, so his wife has not has not delivered yet. But I was thinking if Voight spent a night in the hospital, then maybe maybe that's why he uh, he's like he's, he's, pr- he's also practicing the uh, the pushing and it didn't go well for him. <laughs> the the Lamaze breathing. The Lamaze. <laughs> we didn't get. Did you do a Lamaze class? No. No. We didn't, there was no, because everything was shut down for COVID. We didn't, we didn't do any, we did everything online. We were supposed I went to, into, I was like, you know what? We're not doing that because uh, this is a little different. Every, that's true. You, you guys were in a unique circle. I was like, I'm not going through that bullshit too. <laughs> we, uh, we did everything online and I was like, kind of like felt, I just felt so unprepared. I know everyone feels unprepared, but I was like, we just did everything online. Like we're having a human, like this, you can't possibly learn what you need to learn over Zoom. Anyway, I got, I got a number three is going to be a guessing game for you. Okay. I want to know where you think Aaron judge ranks in some key offensive categories in major league baseball, his WRC plus coming into the second game of the doubleheader is, was 172. Where do you think that ranks in major league baseball? Um, 100 is league average. Yeah, so he's 72 percent above league average. I have I have picked up. uh, I have picked that up over over this time that we started talking about advanced analytics. Um, I don't know. That sounds really good. I'd say it's like, you know, we talk of percentages here or top numbers or what? Just a number. Um, I'll give you uh, top 10 percent of the league. 10 percent. No, no, don't do top 10 of the league. Top 10 of the league. Top 10. It's 16th. Very close. His okay. weighted on base average is 419. Where do you think that ranks? Um 419. I'd say that that is that sounds that's um top 10. Seventh. He's got 13 home runs. He hit another one in the second game. Where do you think that ranks? I think Vlad has what 15 or 16. So he's top five. He's tied for fifth. Bam. And he's got 28 Bam. RBIs. Where do you think that ranks? On it's that's not high. I yeah. think Vlad had forty come uh, uh, in his last at bat. I think I saw. Yeah. So Judge is tied for fortieth in RBIs. Yeah. And RBIs we like have have basically been poo pooed by the analytics community over the yeah, past. Yeah, but they tell you a story. They absolutely they tell, you, tell a you a story, and they, they might... know what they've done. Leadoff guys can can have big numbers, but their RBIs are usually not high because there's nobody on base. So I think that what it also does is it tells you a story of of the team as well and not just the player because judge ranks top 15 in all those other advanced metrics categories, yet he hasn't driven in a lot of runs. And part of that is he's missed some opportunities, but part of that is he hasn't had the opportunities. Um, Fangraphs has also a clutch statistic. This is not new, but I do appreciate that they call it clutch. It used to be called leverage. I thought it was always called leverage, but now okay. that now it's called clutch. I've been hearing about this clutch that uh, I think Lindsay Adler was tweeting about it the other day as well. I thought the nerds didn't believe in clutch. So the nerds are we now all of a clutch. sudden believing in clutch? Nerds nerdified clutch because here's how it is described on the Fangraphs website. It is clutch is a measure of how much better or worse a player does in high leverage situations than he would have done in a context neutral environment. Get the okay. 
So they're comparing the two situations. Oh, yes, one of no, them is make believe. No, no, no. That's exactly what we do, except we just do it less analytically. It's okay, but they're, but they're taking the numbers. Based. They, okay, so they take the numbers of 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 non quote leverage situations or yeah, nobody situations. on base, nobody on base. Okay, and then they what, compare what does judge those do? at bats. Yeah, what does judge do? Data wise, collect all the data on mm-hmm. low leverage situations or mm-hmm. context neutral leverage. So not low, no, not low leverage, not high leverage, neutral. I don't know what those situations are. Fifth inning, uh, three run game. One guy on base or something. Maybe that's a context neutral, or or maybe it's a lot of a rod home, a lot of a rod home runs for context <laughs> neutral. Maybe that's an a rod shirt. Maybe context maybe, neutral. Maybe it's a first inning, nobody on base, judge up, one out. Maybe that's context neutral. What does judge do in all those situations, and how does he do in high leverage compared to those context neutral situations? <laughs> J Lo's talking a lot about those contract con, uh, context neutral situations right now with Affleck. <laughs> uh, so judge, so the scale. Uh, zero, like everything else in the analytics community, is league average. The Then two is excellent and minus two is awful. So it's not really a giant scale. It's kind of like going to the decimal point here. Again, zero is average. Aaron Judge so far this year has a clutch statistic of 0.09. So not quite above average, but slightly, slightly above average. But, for but his here's career, the thing, like the, can I finish? For yes. his career, minus 3.05. Interestingly. Is that regu- that's just regular season? Yeah, just regular season. Interestingly. So does, what, what, does the postseason, uh, does the postseason, does the postseason affect these situations? Do they all become more high leverage? Uh, Answer I, me that. I nerds. don't think. I, I is don't a, is think a, so. Is a three run game in the fifth inning in the postseason not as high leverage? Not as uh, uh, is the context different than it would be in a July game? No, because I think you're comparing it. You're not comparing it to a. You're not comparing that situation to a July game. You're comparing it high leverage to no leverage in the postseason. It's all relative to within that that circumstance. Well, then there's not enough sample size to actually get any kind of data. No, there is. The, I don't. I don't think they they have the unless data. you have multi, unless you have like Derek Jeter postseason. Uh, baseball stats. Reference for for playoff series does WPA win probability added. That's an interesting statistic as well. Okay, so um, we're saying that he's uh, not clutch. Is that what they're trying to tell me? No, I mean this year he's been slightly above clutch. Oh, I mean a little above. Okay, fine, but career wise, no, I don't believe them. 2017 was actually the only year he was negative. Actually, 2018, he was negative as well. But 2017, he was minus 3.6, the year that he didn't win the MVP to Mr. Altuve. So I don't know. Take what you want from it. I just wanted to play a guessing game with you. Why don't you read number four? I, I, I pretty much dominated that guessing game, by the way. You did. Um. All right. So number three here, the 161 nope, boys. Number four. Number, Number four, four as a, that's, that's what I said. Number four, the 161 boys pose an interesting question. Is this the last that we've seen of Aaron Hicks? He is only in the second year of a seven-year deal with a buyout in 2026. That is uh, that is in five years, in case anybody's Ooh, doing the math. Long time from now. <laughs> Did you remember? Like, so we have the 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 um, the list of injuries you have out here, like a, like a menu a la carte. 2017, multiple IL injuries. Was 2017 a DL or an IL? I think that was a DL, was it not? 
Sorry, I was being politically yeah, correct. And you have DL stinks with with ob, with with oblique with oblique injury. I think you meant stints, but you wrote stinks. 2018 intercostal muscle strain. 2019 right flexor strain in elbow. You're like Ron Burgundy. You're just I can't help it. Tommy John surgery and 19 is a uh, the wrist surgery and. Uh, the uh, the sack around his wrist is no good, and he will miss the rest of the year. I mean, I don't think it's the last we've seen of Aaron Hicks because he's got so much more time on this contract. But every he's year, he's destined to be a fourth outfielder, though. Every year, it's something with this guy. He's going to be a fourth outfielder. You know, it's like he's gonna he's gonna leave as he came in, a fourth outfielder, a guy that played, you know, a lot. He was a fourth, and when he first came over, remember how many at bats he used to get. You used to get so many at bats as a fourth outfielder. Like he was practically playing, you know, five days a week. And uh he he's gonna I don't know what the hell he is. He needs to stop playing golf, number one. He's he needs to get his goddamn arm strength back. That's just a joke. And then he's thirty-two you know, years old. He's not gonna miraculously get better and healthier when he's thirty-two years old. Yeah, he's he's a play. I mean, look, I think I think we all understood. A lot of people hated that contract from the beginning of it. Like it's long, so there's an immediate, immediate target on that on that contract, right? Like immediately, it, it's very easy to hate that contract unless you love Aaron Hicks as a player, and you're like, man, we got a deal. This was a this was definitely an opportunity to lock up a guy for a long time with with a very like controlled amount of money. Was it ten million bucks? Right? It was around there. Yeah, it was ten million a year. But you're locking up a, a guy who's always injured for a long time. I, I have nothing against Aaron Hicks, the player. When Aaron Hicks is on the field, he's actually a pretty valuable player. Yes, he I is. I knew he was when, bad. Well, this, when he's on the he field was, and right. He was bad healthy. this year. He was bad this year, but f- go look at his playing time in 17, 18, 19, and 20. Yeah, and he's he a plus defender. The field, or was a plus defender. When he was on the field, he was good. But he's just not on the field far too often. Yeah. So I don't like giving seven years, no matter how much dollars it is, to a guy that doesn't get on the field. Yeah, no, for sure. I think especially the way the contracts have, have become for guys like Aaron Hicks, the 10 million is actually very high right now. Uh, when you look around the league and like what guys are getting and who knows what it'll be after you the got CBA. Aaron Hicks is all around the league getting DFA'd. Yes, correct. That I mean, that's exactly what's happening. But I think back, you know, when he signed that contract, it wasn't, they saw a potential long-term center fielder and they saw a bargain is what they saw. And they thought it was worth this the risk. This is what happened. Brian Cashman was hoping that Hicks would stay healthy for a few years and he would get a bargain because that's the gamble. That's the gamble years. is that you get past the injuries and then all of a sudden you have a very good deal on a, on a good center fielder. So look, I don't hate the risk in all, in all honesty because apparently everybody in this league gets hurt now. So <laughs> You're going to have to take risks on some guys. And that one, yes, it's a, a long Start contract. Start taking risks like on guys that are less yeah. risky. It's like the same thing with James Paxson. You traded for James Paxson, a guy who's always injured. And guess what? He got injured. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, there's no doubt. <laughs> Cashman takes risks and they don't usually work out. Okay. Number five. Today I looked up and game two, they made some moves. All of a sudden we got a specimen who's taking over for said Aaron Hicks in center field. Esteban Floreal. I uh, talked about him last week uh, with uh, Matt Cardos. He has risen from double A AA to triple A and now in the majors. Um, 
kind of saw this coming, right? Where there was going to be an opportunity, he's going to get up. I have a feeling, I mean, if I haven't checked the the transactions yet, oh, hold on, got one 10 minutes ago. Let's see what it was. Well, he sent down already because they're going to activate John Hold Carlo. on a second. This is exactly what I'm looking for. Oh, that's the Scranton game report. This one is the post game. And you're pulling a mic for Incessor right now. <laughs> yep. Sorry. Sorry. This is very entertaining radio. Uh, well, never so mind. It was just, I'm guessing notes. I was surprised. He's going to get sent back down at some point. Like this was well, an opportunistic. At some point, it's probably going to be Friday. Yeah. Very, very soon. It was an opportunistic call up, but he did smoke a double into the gap. And you know what will get you staying up here? Smoking a double into the gap and looking the way you look because the guy looks the part. I mean, he looks like a freaking athlete. He really does. He fits the bill. So he's he's a, he's such a. I mean, you, you remember the Florio hype from from when he was healthy. Like this oh, guy was sure. the five tool guy that was coming up and you know does everything you want in a center fielder. Esteban Florial is that guy. He he needs to mature at the plate. There's no doubt about it. He needs to um, continue to develop and become more selective and just have better plate discipline. Like that's the big knock on him. But that said, at this point right now, similar to the way that they are with um, with the uh, with the pitching staff, where they can have some additional patience with uh, with with some guys there. Well, maybe not anymore because Kluber's out. But um, it's almost the opposite for the for the offense. Because you're just down to nobody else and nobody's producing, so you might as well. Might as well try him out. Yeah, so <clears throat> Giancarlo's going to be activated this weekend, and and that's kind of, I guess, one of the look-aheads is Giancarlo Stanton's going to be activated. i got a couple things here, and, and so we can just do it right now as we talk about Florial. You're, you're breaking the script. I'm breaking, this, I'm breaking the mold. Does it make sense to keep Florial up and send Ford down for a little while? Or does it make more sense to be, or just have just because right now Florial and Gardner are the only two center guys that can play center field. You can have Tyler Wade play center field, but I don't know that they want to start Tyler Wade in center field. No, they don't. So as soon as you activate Giancarlo Stanton, and he's just a DH unless you're going to do some sort of rotation with judge in right field and Stanton in right field at DH because also sidebar Aaron judge is hitting a lot better when he's DHing a little bit more. Have you noticed that? He's having a phenomenal season, so it's fine. But what I'm saying is, do you want to maybe try and get judge more DH time by rotating with Stanton in right? So that means you're getting Stanton in the field though, which they're not going to do. So, but they're not going to keep him healthy anyway. So who freaking cares? Look, I, yeah, I think that, um, immediately when I saw that Florio was coming up, I was like, okay, this is, this is a doubleheader thing. Probably going to get returned right back. They have not announced that, um, that transaction as of right now, as we're recording at 10 15 on Thursday evening, that said, he did smoke a double into left field on the, the ball that was, uh, that's when Gary got thrown out by 50 feet at home feet at home plate. All they got to do is show, all he's got to do is show a glimpse of something. And they're like, oh, that's better than what we have. Oh, that guy can play better defense than what we have. That guy's younger than what we have. They might as well keep him and let him play. Mike Ford's yeah. a freaking black hole. Right. I don't know what Mike Ford gives you at this point. You have Anduar, who is a, really doesn't have a position. He can play. He's he's played fine in left field. Uh, he could play first base. He's been okay over there too. He hasn't been, he's been fine. He, he could play some first base, get him some... 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. More reps over there. Um, and and then, yeah, so you're, Ford becomes a guy that you really don't need at this point. He's not producing in any way. You might as well get him down, get him some more consistent at bats, and give Florio an opportunity. Yeah, he might he I mean, might actually be a vast improvement to what you currently have. He can't yeah. be any worse. He legitimately cannot be any worse. He I, had a he got a double today. He could go I've over heard, thirty. I've heard he ha- I heard he had a double, and, and he Gary Sanchez it. got thrown out <laughs> by fifty feet on the double. Yep. Yeah, yeah, by a long by a long way, and it was not it was not by. Uh, it was a different third base coach, in case you didn't know. Oh, was it? But why? Why? Where's their normal f- uh, third base coach? Is he out? He's for got some COVID. Reason? Yes, he's got oh, COVID. So it's okay. Carlos Mendoza, who Andrew, their th- that's their bench coach. Uh-huh. He was was uh, he, he had an active Willie Randolph arm and was just <laughs> sending people. But I mean, you might as well. You're, you, I mean, legitimately, Florial could could go over for the next three series and put up Aaron Hicks numbers. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? We've all gone through a lot over the past year plus with COVID. Well, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in your area. And it's available worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living happier today. You can visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily to see for yourself. Visit betterhelp.com slash bronx21. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of experienced professionals. We have a great special offer for our listeners. You can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash bronx21. One more time, betterhelp.com slash bronx21. All right, let's get to the five look ahead, which is now four because I already did one of the look aheads. And it is the fact that the Yankees need to start playing better against ALE's competition. 
Next week, after the Detroit series, they're going on a three-game road trip, which is weird to begin with. They play Tampa and Boston at home. And I think we're going to learn a little bit about this team in those six games. Tampa has been on fire. They're in first place. Boston has been the most consistent team in the division uh, so far this season. And the Yankees against good teams in the division have not played well. They're 12 and 16 overall in the division. And that's including the six wins they have against Baltimore. So they are three and six against Tampa and three and six against Toronto. They're outscored being outscored pretty handily, especially against Tampa in those games. They've mopped up the, the floor with the Detroit's and Cleveland and, um, and all the other teams that they've sort of got back on track with. The competition, the AL East, which is probably the best division in baseball, the most competitive division in baseball, they have four teams who are good. The Yankees have sucked against. Yeah, they got to they got to start playing better. There's no doubt. I mean, they have they started playing better against the Rays. We that was a a, a good start, and and now they need to uh, handle them again. The Rays are playing very good baseball. I think they're uh, nine and one in their last ten. They won um, eleven in a row. They won 11 in a row. Not, they, yeah. they just lost, uh, I guess, two nights ago, maybe, or last they, night. They beat the pulp out of Toronto. Yeah. And then Toronto came in here and shoved the bats down your throat. Alec, uh, what's his name? Uh, the the rookie that, that made his debut. Uh, the prospect for, yes. for Toronto. I'm drawing yes. a blank on his last name because it's late at night and I'm old and I can't remember names anymore. Yes. And Robbie Ray pitched. I mean, he didn't pitch that well, but uh, Matt. Robbie Ray is always like right where he is right Steven now. Steven Matz pitched well against the Yankees. Steven so like, Matz shut us out. That's embarrassing. Yeah. The the Rays crushed the Blue Jays pitching, and the Yankees didn't crush the Blue Jays pitching. I mean, the Yankees don't crush very many people's pitching so far this year. They need to still figure that one out. But okay. Well, um, do you agree that the six games that are coming yeah, up? Yeah, no, it's important. Week, it's important. It's not make or break, but it's important. They got. I'm not saying make or break. I think there. it's going to tell us a little bit about this team, though. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm looking forward to playing Boston. Like that's Boston's good again. That's fun. I, I'm going I, to that I, Friday night game. Nice. I like that. I like. I like when the AL East is tight and uh, and there are good teams. It's more fun. It's more fun for for I think all of us to watch this. Nobody wants to see like a terrible Boston team. Like you want to beat them obviously, but you don't want to, them to be terrible. That is not fun. You want some competition there. And, um, you know, they're, uh, they're, they're playing good baseball. So I, it's a, it's, you're right. It's definitely a, a telling, uh, area. They need to keep it up with, uh, with Tampa. They cannot let off the gas with Tampa. Uh, I think that they built some confidence there and then we'll see what happens with Boston. But, uh, yeah, I'm glad we're playing Boston again. Nice, nicely, nicely done. Nicely done schedule. Nicely done, sir. Very good. That was a great first one. Number two here. uh, Who's going to fill in for Corey Kluber's spot in the rotation? Well, we know the short-term answer, but what is that long-term answer? Short-term, Davey Garcia is uh, expected to join the rotation, coming uh, playing against the Detroit Tigers. Good team to be going up against. Um, But he's struggled in AAA, not not pitching very well. Uh, The other option, I guess, would be what? Your boy, Michael King. Michael King is not, he's also struggled recently, came out, went out to a hot start, got disrespected every single time, sent down, and then he stays up and they keep him up when he doesn't do well. (laughs) Go figure that. It's pretty bizarre. Go figure that one. (laughs) Jay Bruce is like, what happened? Um, Yeah, so Debbie Garcia's numbers at AAA are pretty ugly so far. 15 and two thirds innings, 13 hits, nine earned runs, 12 walks. 
12. That's what, I mean, that was his problem always coming up. It was the control. So hopefully that doesn't become a thing again. 12 walks in 15 innings is unacceptable. <laughs> You're not going to live as a no. pitcher walking that many. People. And that's going to be really frustrating. It's like, you know, when I'm playing golf, I, I, I thought I got rid of the slice. I, I'm pr- I pretty much have gotten rid of it. And then sometimes it like rears its ugly head. You're like, oh shit, it better not be back. Like I can't deal with that again. I cannot go through that again. That's what he's thinking when he can't throw the ball over the, because it, it was a problem. Did you get so, 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 um, did you go so far with the slice where you would start aiming like to the woods on the left to try and just slice it back into the fairway? Oh yeah. And that's yeah. when you hit it straight. And that's when you just smoke it into the woods. Down the middle into the woods. <laughs> Take out a bird. Yeah. So I think short and medium term, like how many, how many starts are they going to give Garcia? This isn't a call him up once, send him back down, then do a bullpen day. I think like they're going to give Garcia a little bit of a show. I think so too. I think he, I mean, when you look down and what he's done in Scranton, you're not going to say those numbers translate, but he's, he's been up. So, you know, who knows? He could have been working on uh, a, some, some particular pitches as well. Could have been uh, treated it like a little bit of a spring training as well. You don't know what, what he's doing down there, but yes, I think he deserves it. And um, I'm looking forward to it. Well, he's so a fun one to watch because it's, we're basically in June. Severino is progressing well. Yep. So like a best case scenario for Severino is all-star break, right? Yeah, early July, July, mid-July. So figure seven starts out of seven, eight starts out of Devi Garcia before Luis Severino's back. Yeah, that's uh in from that spot in the rotation for uh, an opportunity for Severino to be coming back. Yeah, sounds sounds about right. Yeah. So I don't know. That, that, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. Again, I think I think we're gonna we're gonna look at Severino and that rehab and identify what's happening there you know, much, uh, much closer to him returning, but you know, if the rotation, if, if Davey Garcia goes out there and starts throwing well and he's, and he's coming out and, you know, putting up some good starts for the Yankees, uh, every fifth day and Severino gets back, it just wouldn't surprise me. It would not surprise me if they brought him along slowly and he started off, you know, throwing from the bullpen one to two innings just wouldn't surprise me. It's uh, just we'll, really we'll see tough. what they do on the ramp up in the minor leagues, you know, when he's rehabbing, but uh, I assume they'll try to they'll stretch him out from the beginning. They'll 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 work on that, but it's a it's all a matter of how he progresses in that way and what it's, the Yankees have at the major league level at that current time. It's so tough because Kluber was you, we started to get the gleam the glean in our eye like oh Kluber now this kind of changes the game on this rotation if Kluber's pitching like this with Cole Kluber one two punch and then Severino coming back and now that's off the table and who knows what Kluber's going to be when he comes back. So it, there's no, there, there it, it, you may have entertained just working Severino back as a relief pitcher, but now I feel like you don't have that luxury. Well, I'd say that's not true because, you know, let's go glass half full here with Corey Kluber, four weeks not throwing, probably going to put him around the same time frame as Severino, right? Like pretty close, pretty close, maybe a little bit behind Severino if Severino trends in the direction that we think he might be trending. but. They're going to be around that same area. So glass half full, Corey Kluber gets two months off. The arm's not being used at that point. He's rehabbing it. He's coming back. Quote, you know, relative, if, if, if that strain is heals well and, and, you know, he comes out of that. Okay. I mean, he's going to have a fresh arm in, uh, in okay. the end of August, early September. 
Let's go. Corey Kluber playoffs. Let's that's do it. Why, that's why you're here. Glass half full guy. Number three was John Carlos Stan. We already, we already covered that. Number four, Zach Britton scheduled to make rehab with the Somerset Patriots on Saturday. And you know what? That's a good thing because I'm getting sick and tired of watching Justin Wilson, who stinks like eggs. 5.6 ADRA, 4.62 expected ERA. Adding Zach Britton back to this bullpen is going to be a much needed thing. Zach Britton's been an automatic an automatic in the um, in the bullpen really since he's been here. Uh, so yes, he's he's a very welcomed addition. Not that not that we've you know seen a, a terrible bullpen by any means, but no, Wilson has not been good, and Zach Britton is an elite an elite back of the back of the bullpen guy. Yep. All right, and number five one. because we have diarrhea of the mouth. We already covered uh, is first base destined to be a black hole for the New York Yankees. And yeah, it's every ever since Mark Teixeira, it's, like, it's been done. It's like, okay, so we, we finally, Voight was out. He came back actually right on time from that meniscus. And we're thinking, beautiful. It was a meniscus, right? Or was it, what was it with his knee? Whatever it was. And then boom, this oblique thing. So are the Yankees, what are they going to do with first base? I expect LeMayhew to get a little bit more time at first base, moving Odor to second base a little bit. But um, yeah, I'm just worried. Like, is first base a cursed position for the? Yankees? Let me let me tell you who I want to see. Uh, I'm you know, I I am I am done with uh, with the Mike Ford experiment at this point. He he screwed me last year on my prediction. Not coming back from that. That's certainly not a, day, a year off. Uh, let why don't we actually give a guy who has earned an opportunity up at the major leagues. I'm smelling a little bit of a Shelly Duncan situation going on here. Chris Gittens. Chris Gittens is lighting up AAA. He's uh, lit he's, up. He's lit up the minors been, for a while. He's been lighting up the minor leagues for a long time. He's been overlooked because he's an older. He's not a prospect. He's 27 years old. Been in the minor leagues for uh, you know a hot minute, and they just they they have not uh, they have not given him an opportunity. Yeah, Why he not? He needs now? to be added to the forty man roster. But like, okay, but so that can be get, done. Right, you now. get yeah, like release someone. Like, is Mike? Are we still holding on to Mike Ford? Is that still going to be a thing? So probably, but there's there's other opportunities I think to to create room. But I mean, look, he's a guy that can that can is hit. He right hand is right handed, right? I do believe he's right handed. He is. If he was left handed, he already yes. be. If he oh, was left-handed, sure. he'd be up here hitting third already. For sure. Let me ask you: Does he keep his eyes open when he swings the bat? Because <laughs> if he does that, that's a that's a really good thing to do. And this guy's this guy's hitting the ball, um, you know, hard everywhere he goes. I'm ready for some Chris Gittins. This is a Fine. guy that the Yankees fans Chris can Gittins get behind. Movement. This is a, this is a good story. This is this is a guy that we need up here. We need a first baseman. Let's uh, let's fill the the gap. I'm not joking here. This is like. They they should absolutely give a guy like Chris Gittens, who has done everything he possibly can do to in the minor leagues to prove that he deserves an opportunity. And the Yankees have really nothing there at all right now that voids out. They should give him an opportunity, like for real. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Okay, that's going to do it for the Friday Fives episode. It was a little bit of a disjointed one, but I hope you guys enjoyed it anyway. We will talk to you on Monday. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. 
We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.